Hello. <laughs> Hello. My name is Ismantu. It is a Tuesday in June, and I am on my porch. I'm going to read to you an essay entitled The Garden Space, an introduction. I do these in exactly one take, so it's whatever it is. <laughs> I conceive of my inside self as a garden. The summer I turned 14, I found self-exploration waiting for me in a red and white speckled notebook. I was visiting with my father at the time, busy watching the last morsels of childhood elongating and ripening into something deeper and sweeter, more graceful. It was a quirky sitcom-esque environment. One of the neighbors left their Christmas lights up all year round and lit them every single night. There was a kooky old white man as the next door neighbor who wandered in, ate anything sweet he saw, and spoke to us about whatever moment in time his dementia settled him in. Foxes raised their young in the abandoned shed across the school. You could always see the babies playing with each other at sunset. I cannot express how deeply I was in that space. I was in community with that space. The house was built of brick, meant to last whole and warm through decades, complete with a dumbwaiter and a grandfather clock, and backyard facing what was essentially a mild Colorado wood. We moved slowly, unencumbered. Daylight stretched until 10 p.m. and so did I. Every day, one of my chores was to water the foliage in the backyard. I was not a stranger to dirt. I grew up gardening with my grandmother, who grew up gardening with hers. Soil in my hands always felt like a grand return to felt, to self. Soil in my hands always felt like a grand return to self. That particular summer, I spent a lot of time toting a water can and it changed me actively. The way me and these plants would just sit there and look at each other. I got to know them well. The first time I discovered my garden space, I was journaling in the backyard. I reached inside myself some summertime afternoon to keep my own company and pulled out bright green raspberry beans from my chest cavity. And who was surprised? The wild overgrowth we had in the backyard was friendly and audacious, and they grew just like me, the way they hung to themselves until the good, thick ongoings of July, bright, bursting, at almost 14. I thought fruit plants were so silly. The flowers hid all that time under big-ass leaves, but couldn't resist growing so good and so soft-bodied and ripe and so heavy they would bend the whole plant and give themselves away. Raspberry juice tasted just like me. It was the first time I had ever experienced watching myself bloom in real time. I went inside myself and found among the greenery the first touch of my own earth. They hummed back hello to me under my bare toes. I had a garden space inside my chest. How wonderful. This makes sense, I thought. The earth is everywhere. What I did not account for was the rest of me. <laughs> I get stuck in my hubris. I thought I knew myself. I thought the process of exploration meant understanding and assessing my mental real estate. thought it was possible to know myself better than anyone else did. To have myself itemized. The reality of my own self-discovery is that it is impossible to know myself in my entirety. The reality of my own self-discovery is that it is impossible to know myself in my entirety. Here is, in no particular order, the things I have learned about the components of my own garden. 
There are many things I grow inside myself on my own accord, happy within my control. The cultivation, in the regular way we think of gardens, a teeny little plot of tilled soil ready to receive whatever we envision. I grow whatever I please. I feel like this is easy to imagine, a little nursery plant called patience or discipline, cultivated in rich and slow-acting soil. There are the plants that don't come from me. There are the plants that don't come from me. Maybe they were gifted by other people, other foliage, other times. Things of beauty were growing here long before I saw them. And it speaks to my internal self being above and beyond me, able to store and nurture a love upon my behalf. I reflected on how my Aunt Natalyn left me a wisteria sapling way before I ever knew to reach inside myself. Many people, especially people older than me, planted seeds of their love in my garden space for safekeeping. When I was 14 and journaling, I imagined I would find these seeds again one day in some like, big sack and be grateful. <laughs> Later on, I was 20, better equipped for adult feelings and full of gumption and so busy looking around for all these little seeds from my loved ones. And I struggled to realize where all those beautiful growing things came from. Gifts from folks who knew their lovings would be sweeter fruit later. The garden space teaches me I am not alone in my multitudes. I am allowed to engage with such involuntary elements and grow them as much as I can, or as much as I want to, or as much as I don't want to. But the earth is the earth. The nature of the earth is cooperative, not indebted or controlled. What is in me is also me. What is in me is also me, just like my bones are as much as myself as my brain is. And the expanse of myself has opinions about what they would like to steward. Some things will grow that I would consider weeds and they will grow anyhow. Some things will not grow no matter how many gentle loving prayers I soak it with. I do in part have to contend with what I am given regardless of whether it is convenient for me and my to-do lists. I was already this person before I learned to pay attention to myself. I was already this person before I learned to pay attention to myself. There are many things that are not my garden, but are here in full effect nonetheless, outside of the involuntary feelings, outside of the things that grow for the beauty of the earth. I spoke a little bit on TikTok about an element that I am not able to control, which are romantic feelings. In fact, all emotions in my garden space are involuntary. They can push up through the crust of me like tulips. I imagined romance as flowers, but really feelings can be any kind of element on earth. They can move through me as the wind does and rustle my leaves, for example. Emotions are exclusively meant to be felt. Emotions are exclusively meant to be felt. I am not tasked to control, coerce, or capture the wind. I am tasked with growing to withstand it. Feelings are also not to be forced, only asked. In the same way, I can't force hummingbirds to appear to delight me, but I can place bird bats and nectar out to ask them to come around more. 
The garden space teaches me about reciprocity with a space and patience with a space and the goodness of the two in tandem. I am in community with myself. There is finally the unknown. The more I see about my internal self, the more I see. I did not understand at first the big valley I was in, like a crater from the foot of some great creature. It took years of exploration to realize how vast I am. Even still, I hear water running somewhere near me now and can't place it. I only realized there were mountains to the north and the west of my little garden in my later adolescence. I am only now beginning to climb these mountains. The more I see, the more I see. I don't think I will ever see everything. What I will do is sit and stay in the shade of trees other people planted in my garden for me years ago when I was too young to see the saplings as anything but a loose and uncertain responsibility. I read under these branches now. Now, I spend time growing trees to shade the people I will come to keep and collect. And I settle into myself. The sunsets and red raspberry juice dribbles down my chin. I am in the spring of my life. This is a note from the Garden Space, a newsletter and podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Love, Ismatu.